Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into people's hunger for the hustle, find out what it is that drives their passion, what it is that drives them to do what they do and to help others. And of course, in that, we dive deep in people's struggles to their success. My guest today is live from Arizona, United States, which is actually still in yesterday because we're in the future here in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Fernanda Torres, welcome to the show. Fernanda is a bilingual advanced practice registered nurse, actually the first registered nurse I've had on the show, so that's fantastic. And it's a very busy lady. She's the co-creator of the host live Facebook show, sorry, co-creator and host of the live Facebook show, Wellness Wednesday, and also the founder and host of her own podcast, Positive Blueprints. Fernanda, welcome to the show. How are you and how is Arizona today? Hey, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited. Arizona is sunny. It's like 80 something degrees out. It's beautiful. It's middle of the day uh, in the past (laughs) on Thursday (laughs) (laughs) and wonderful day. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you here. You're very welcome. Um, Arizona is a desert, isn't it? So it's one of those places the weather's always pretty good. Yes, yes. All pretty much year round. It's pretty hot out. And uh, during the summer, it gets even hotter, <laughs> which kind of scares people off, <laughs> which is a good <laughs> thing. But I love the, the summer and I love the heat. And uh, being born in Colombia, I'm used to like the tropical weather. So it, mm-hmm. it's my thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we should, we should let everyone know, right? You're originally from Bogota, Colombia. And how old were you when you moved to Arizona? I was 13 years old and uh, my mom decided to bring us to the United States, just basically looking for a better future. And Mm -hmm. it was just my mom, my brother and I, I was 13 and my brother was 15 and we did not speak the language. (laughs) So the experience of literally navigating on the airports, just coming, (laughs) like just the flight itself was like, a complete experience, just not understanding anything that anybody was saying. And my mom was like, okay, you talk. And I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. (laughs) Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, you have to adapt pretty quickly in those situations. Mm -hmm. As as quick as you can. Yeah. As quick as you can move (laughs) it on the fly. And then of course you went to, you went to school and then how long was it kind of, you went to school? Did you go straight into nursing after school? So actually what happened is I was in high school. I was a senior in high school and I found out that I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So when I, and I had no direction at that point, I didn't have like a goal in my mind or anything that I really wanted to do. Um, I didn't have like a, like a dream as a kid of, I want to be a nurse or anything like that. I simply saw myself in a situation where my parents were not supportive at the time of my pregnancy. And they said that I was going to become another statistic, that I was never going to be able to do or accomplish anything with my life, and that my son was going to depend on welfare and, you know, all these things on the government for help. And I was going to have to do the same. And in that moment, as they were talking to me, I said, that's not going to be me. Like, I could see different for myself. And it was literally in that instant the next day, I went to the local university and I, I was talking to the counselor and I said, well, I like helping people and I like blood and I like these. So 
what can I do that will um, allow me to make a living, a decent living that it's going to that that it's going to give me a job forever, basically, and uh, that pays well. And the counselor said you should go into nursing because there is always a demand. You can go into many different routes, and there is always people that are sick, right? <laughs> Which is the yeah. case. So without knowing how I was going to pay for it or knowing how I was going to go to school because I didn't have anybody support. So I didn't have a, a babysitter or anything at all. I yeah. made the determination at that point that I was going to make it. And I enrolled. And again, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it or anything. And it, things started happening once I made that decision, which is usually what happens in life, right? After you make a decision the right opportunities and the right people and everything starts kind of showing up. And um, about three years later, I graduated with my associate's degree. So by the age of 20, I think I was 21, about to turn 22. I graduated with my associates, went on to get my bachelor's and then went on to get my master's degree. And uh, last year I was in the process of getting my doctorate, which I put it on hold. So that's the story. <laughs> wow. It's a great story. And, um, uh... Well done on turning that around, particularly, you know, when perhaps people around you were telling you um, it wasn't going to work out and that it sounded like they were kind of saying, you're doomed, it's not going to work out for you and you're going to be on welfare and all this stuff. And, and you kind of use that energy and turn it around. To push me oh, forward. Exactly right, yeah, to keep moving in the forward direction. Yes. And, um, yeah, you got all the qualifications, not just uh, the registered nurse, you know. You, how come you put your doctorate on hold? Was that to do with the pandemic? Or No, no. So I was I've, – I've always liked education and getting more – getting ahead in life, basically. It's something that I've always done. And I'm always reading different things, and I'm always in different programs and whatnot. Anything that's going to help me become better in what I'm doing, Right. So what happens is, interestingly enough, as I was doing my doctorate, I came across this self-discovery, inner journey, self-development, all of the things that, you know, psycho-cybernetics and the power of awareness and Les Brown and Bob Proctor and, and all of these or, things. All of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And I said, this is what I need to do. The doctorate is not what I need to do because the doctorate was not fulfilling in a sense. I was getting a title just to get a title, just to mm. get that uh, doctor title on my name, but mm. not because it was bringing me any fulfillment in my career simply for the title. And when I started navigating into this arena of self-development and I saw how profound it was and how much a profound change it had in my own life, I said, this is what I need to do. And this is actually what I need to do for the people that I'm working with, for my patients, for my clients, for my customers. And it totally changed my, my outlook on medicine, on nursing and mm -hmm. in life. And so I had to put it on hold. And finally, I didn't want to cancel it. Finally, like maybe last month, I sent an email and I said, I'm not going to continue it because again, that's not the route that, I, that I'm on. That's not the path. For my life right now hmm. i think that's really interesting that you uh, discovered you know the kind of spiritual teachings and and uh, mindset you know uh, training your mindset to adapt to a different way of thinking and then therefore advancing your life pretty quickly and and you chose to go with that instead of instead of the doctorate and and now you're kind of gelling the two so so tell me do you specialize in a particular area of nursing 
or is it kind of general nursing or? No, so what I've done in nursing, in my nursing career, I did more of the acute care. And then when I graduated as a nurse practitioner, and a lot of people don't know what a nurse practitioner is, it's basically just a nurse with a, a specialized training. So what we do, it's basically what a doctor does. We prescribe medications, we diagnose, and we treat. The only thing that we don't do is surgeries, right? Right. So uh, as I started literally working in as a nurse practitioner, I went, I became a family nurse practitioner, which means that I can see anybody from all ages, ages and for mm -hmm. any condition. However, I've done mostly uh, adult, adult care. And then I also go on medical missions. And when I go on medical missions, I do participate in surgeries and pediatric care, but that's only on medical missions. Okay, that's really interesting. So a mission, would that be going like, out of town, going to another state or something like that? I go to, I've gone to Philippines and Uganda. Ah, I had a feeling it might be overseas. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. That sounds really interesting. Like, when was that? How long do you go for? How many of you go? Yeah, yeah. So I first got in contact with the organization when I was getting my bachelor's degree. It was a Catholic university and they were doing these medical missions abroad. So I sent them an email and I said, I'm very interested because that's something that I have very deep in me, um, the need and the passion of helping others, especially people that are not in the, in the situations to be able to help themselves many times, right? Mm. So I applied, you have to submit a whole application. I applied and of course, you know, I got accepted because I went. <laughs> and uh, the medical missions are two weeks at a time and they you go to a, uh, a hospital and these places are so remote that you take a plane to go to like the mainland and then you take a car ride that it's like 20 hours away and then it's it, it's very remote and the hospitals usually don't have any type of resources so we bring boxes and boxes and boxes of resources and supplies and medications and everything with us that are donations from other people and from other organizations. And we stay there for two weeks and we basically see anybody for any condition, no matter what, and we don't turn anybody away. And the people that we would get on mission are people that live in very remote villages in the Philippines and Uganda. And to get to the mission or to the hospital where we do the mission, they sometimes walk, uh, Jake, for like a week walking. Wow for a week to be able to be seen. Wow. It's insane. And sometimes when we get, when they get there, of course it's first come first serve, they still have to wait days to be seen. And they're so happy and so thankful and so glad when you're finally seeing them. It's absolutely a life-changing transformational experience. No, I imagine it is. And what a great way to see some more of the world. Now, now tell me, it, is it when you're there of course you're treating people but are you educating the the medical staff that are there because i imagine you know of course you've got probably a lot more um experience maybe um definitely qualification wise than than them there in the remote remote areas yes we work with them directly um last the last medical mission that i did was in uganda and we were trying to implement with the hospital and their staff over there a program for hand washing because mm -hmm. hand washing wasn't commonly practiced as it should be in the hospital. So we were implementing that and we were educating their staff about the importance of hand washing as well as CPR. 
So we try to take uh, one or two things that are major, that are very important, that they can benefit from, and we implement them over those two weeks, aside from seeing these patients and getting the surgeries and everything else that we're doing. So it's it's such a busy time. We would start our days at six in the morning. And I remember one time in the Philippines, we actually got back to the small hotel where we would stay at like four in the morning, only to go back at six again and do it all over again. Wow, I was just about to say, if you're there for two weeks and there's that many people to see, there must be some long, long days. Uh, and, and do you see the kind of, you know, things that you're treating in places like that must be quite different to what you're treating in the States, right? You know, you get all kinds of, I mean, is it like a Uganda particularly, is it like a jungle environment in the Philippines or it's quite remote? It wasn't jungle per se, but it's very remote. The cities mm. and the areas where we go are so remote. And what happens is that a lot of these people have conditions that have not been treated for such a long time, for a lifetime. So you see huge hernias, you see a lot of um, uterine ruptures, which is basically unheard of here in the United States, but over there is very common because when females get pregnant and of course without a proper delivery and they get pregnant again and without a proper proper delivery the third mm. time that they get pregnant the uterus ruptures mm. and that's something that we never really see here in the states and that's something very common over there uh, we would see goiters and kids walking around with extra um extra pulmonary tuberculosis so you see tu tuberculosis in their body i mean it's conditions that you would never see here but are yeah. so common over there yeah yeah that's it's amazing i admire you for for doing that it's um you know to, to take your time and your skills and what you've learned and apply them to an, a completely different part of the world and have to travel so far to get there um it's just a wonderful way of, of applying your skills and um i'm sure of course you do what you do to help others but there's, there's something there's some kind of value in that for yourself to particularly at the end of I mean, I'm just trying to do some quick master. That was a 22-hour day, roughly, with a two-hour break. Um, mm -hmm. After a day like that, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you surely would get some, you know, some satisfaction from knowing that you've made a difference in the world to to help others. It's, it's amazing, such, isn't it? It's such, that, sorry, it's such a rewarding experience that literally one day of doing work over there, and and it's not just knowing that you're making this change but seeing the reaction of these people and the gratitude and you're like you had to walk for a week and a half and you're still like so thankful that i literally just prescribed you something that here in the states you can literally just call in your doctor and say hey i need a, a prescription for my blood pressure medication or something right yeah. so, so simple so simple and yet of course we take it for granted and those are kind of like the situations that we would see over there. So mm. put things into perspective. Yeah, exactly right. And one more question on that. I'm intrigued to know that people were coming from a week away. Did they know you were coming before they before you got there? Was they like make an announcement? So the mission in the Philippines has been going on for about 15 years and they always go in the same dates. So people around the area, the remote villages, are already aware of the dates. Uganda, we were pioneering that mission. So the people that were informed by the local hospital that there were going to be a medical mission, they got a hold of you know the, the fact that we were going and they were able to make it. But it wasn't quite as busy as Philippines because Philippines is well established, of course. Right, of 
course. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know, Fernanda, that um, you're on a mission to make a positive health impact, but of course now with what you've just told me with your many years as a registered nurse and and learning about you know more about the mind and and kind of wrapping that up aren't you in in a package for treating health with kind of a bit more of a holistic approach i guess you could say which is the mind body and soul approach tell us more about that approach and and kind of how that how that looks yeah so when I started um, getting into this is because of a personal situation that I was going through, right? I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression and it was really affecting me on my day-to-day -day life. And one day I woke up and I was driving to work and I felt like a hypocrite. It was kind of like, like a message that came to my mind. I was like, you're a hypocrite, <laughs> right? And that, because I'm, I'm going to the hospital to treat patients to help them feel better, but I was feeling so sick. And that had been going on for years. And I was taking all these medications for anxiety and depression that were prescribed. And then I was taking medications for the side effects of those medications. And I wasn't feeling better. So then I kind of asked out loud, like, what else can I do? I'm going to therapy. I'm going to counseling. I'm dancing. Dancing is an avenue for me. I'm dancing. I'm seeking help. I'm taking medications. What else can I do? You know, there is something else that has to give because I can't continue to feel this way. And on my way back from that uh, work day, I was listening to a song on YouTube. And then the video, Earl Nightingale's The, the Strangest Secret, came on. And I have never heard of anything remotely similar to Earl Nightingale or Bob Proctor or Les Brown, nothing like that. I was, it was completely unknown to me. Right. Yeah. And that video, like, sparked something in me. It was like, you know, your thoughts become your emotions and you're self-made and everything that's going on in your life, it's basically was created by you and you have to stop blaming people for your situation. That's what I heard. And that started on this, I started on this life journey of starting to read more about it. I started to listen to more videos about it, started immersing myself more into the self-development uh, journey and spirituality journey. I didn't consider myself a spiritual person before. I've never considered myself a religious person per se. And then um, I understood that we're spirits and we're having a human experience. And so as spirits having a human experience, how can we um, go through this life and actually make a difference, a significant impact, right? And so all of these things that I was learning were literally kind of like clicking in my head. And with more and more studying and reading about it, I was able to get off of all of the medications that I was taking. I was able to completely heal myself from depression and anxiety. And then I started kind of applying more of those concepts with my patients. Now, in the traditional medical setting, it's a little bit more difficult because patients are not really wanting to listen to something like that. They are going in their minds with the intention of getting a prescription and, you know, hopefully feeling better within a day and they don't have time to deal with their emotions per se. So they don't really want to hear about it. But whoever is open to it, I would talk to them about it. I would literally, I would be the provider who a patient's coming to me to talk to me about depression and I, they would walk out with a book suggestion, like read this book, <laughs> your life. And, and so I started applying it more and more because I saw the transformation that it had in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to 
create a, an, an even bigger impact. So I'm thinking, how else can I do that? How else can I reach people that are willing to, to listen to it and that want to listen to it and that really want to transform their lives? So I said, well, the only way is to get on camera and do it through a podcast, which started the Positive Blueprints podcast. And Jake, I would be the person that if you put a camera in my face, I would literally walk away and hide under the table. So the first <laughs> videos are like, <laughs> they're horrible to watch, but I was able to go through with them and fight against all of the, the paradigms that I had mm. because I wanted to have that impact on people and I knew how important the message was. So I, I would get on the video and I would sweat and I would shake and I would like be stumbling to talk but i would do it anyway because of the impact and then of course little by little it gets a little bit easier but yes it's been it's been such a journey yeah it hasn't how long ago was that that you started and you weren't and you were afraid of the camera so to speak the first video that i ever made was i want to say was either the end of march or beginning of april of this year wow not too long ago so you've had a complete turnaround because now look here you're relaxed you're calm you're enjoying it. I can see you got a big smile on your face. Uh, yeah, it doesn't take long once you once you understand, you know, once you become a lot more self-aware, I suppose, is, is the term I'm looking for. Um, I think it's you know. more for me what it helps is literally getting past myself and telling myself that I'm not doing this for me because I'm not. I'm mm -hmm. doing this because I know that the content that I understand and that I have applied for myself can transform lives. And it can. And it has. And it will, and will transform lives. So mm -hmm. I, in order for me to, to deliver this content, I have to get past myself and my mm -hmm. ego and my self-awareness of like, oh, you know, I'm shy or I'm, you know, the way that I would describe myself as a shy person or someone who's afraid of the camera. But th those were just simply concepts that I had ingrained in my subconscious mind that I had to get past. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's um, it's just <clears throat> it's just something that you've learned somewhere along the way and picked up. It doesn't. It has no substance, um, and you have the power to just focus on it and and change it quickly. You know. And I can I can relate when I started doing these podcasts. I was uh, now I'm, now I'm relaxed in doing them. I enjoy doing them a lot more. I know that, you know, I provide the platform for others to speak. It's not about me. I'm just the host who facilitates it. Mm -hmm. But when I started, it was um, a lot more clunky. Um, and, and then there's, you know, the side that we haven't talked about is the technical side of it. I don't know what you're like with technology, but um, I'm, I'm actually quite good with technology. But when you're doing things live like we are now, there's no room for errors, right? So everything's got to be right. And it's got to it's got to work. Of course, you know, there's that little, little bit of leeway. Um, you're going to forgive yourself if sometimes things do go wrong, but you mm -hmm. don't want them to. You want to be producing content that's good, that people can hear, that people can see, and they can access easily, of course. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Now tell me, um, you touched on something there, and I know you like um, Latin, Latin dancing. So tell me about kind of what role that played in. Did that, did that have a role in helping you cure the, the anxiety and, and depression at all? So that has been in my life since forever. Of course, being Colombian, I have it in my blood. <laughs> my mom is, she loves to dance too. So I grew up with around music and dancing and my, my family dances and everything. But they dance more on a, if we get together in a gathering, they would dance. However, for me, it was more of a passion. 
right? I have to look for ways to dance. So I, as I, of course, graduated and I was able to, you know, pay for a babysitter and whatnot, mm -hmm. I started going out and finding ways to, to dance in Chicago. I, I used to live in Chicago. Right. And I started literally meeting people, wonderful people along the way that created such an, an amazing experience for me to be able to grow in this dancing culture. And uh, I dancing, I've been dancing now for about six or seven years. And of course, as, as you practice more and more, you get better and then you get more people, you know, you know more people and then you, you build such wonderful, wonderful relationships and bonds. And then through it all, when I started dealing with anxiety and depression, it was an outlet, it was an avenue because when I dance, I forget about everything. And the whole world stops and I start dancing and every, I forget that anything that was in my mind, any worry or any concern goes away. So I would go and dance for, because I love it. And then I would go and dance because it was very therapeutic for me and still is. Even when I'm having a day, of course today, right? Or not, not today as in today, but in the present, if I'm having a stressful time or anything and I go dancing, it goes away. It simply goes away. So it's a therapy for me. Yeah, I, it, it actually is a therapy. Um, um, my partner, Emily, she's actually a dance therapist. Um, she's uh, fully qualified in that regard and has done it for many years and works particularly with, with children with um, particular needs, but whether it be special needs in, in the mental or the, or the physical. And I've seen her at work and it's just amazing, you know, when you see people with... Um, with with special needs whether it be mental or physical and then when they dance it just it because all you're thinking about is the dancing right the movement particularly if you're um you know for your for yourself if it's like a latin dance you've got to focus on the moves getting them right you've got no time to think about anything else all the worries of all the stresses of the day so it's not i don't think it's something that people typically think about when they think about um therapy dance but I think it, it absolutely works and um, it's a, of course, it's a holistic approach. But um, I mean, I like to think about, you know, when you when you maybe go out to a bar or, or a nightclub and you're just dancing the night away, you're just having such a great time, you know. You it doesn't have to be in that setting, but it's, um, and it's good exercise as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And of course, as, because I've always gone to dance to dance, right? So you meet people along the way, of course, because you're dancing with them and, mm. you know, you form connections, but it's more about the dancing for me. So mm. if you're going to the club and you're getting drunk and you're, you know, whatever that you go for whatever reason you want to go. But that was never my reason. My reason was always to go out and literally just leave my heart out on the dancing floor. <laughs> Brilliant. And I would, do, I would be able to accomplish that almost every single time. And as I'm driving home, it's such a, a beautiful experience knowing that I literally enjoyed every minute of the past few hours that I was on the dance floor. And I had such wonderful relationships with those people as well. Brilliant. And did you ever dance in like a in like competition environment or was it purely just for fun? Because I wanted to get out of my shyness and my shell, again, I was very shy just a few months ago. Uh, the first competition that I, and people would tell me, because again, because as, as I learned, I became a little bit better and better and better. So a lot of people would come to me and say, would you, would you teach me? 
And I'm like, no, I, I, I can't teach this. You know, it's my parent. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a dancer. I just yeah. dance. Only. And then people would come to me and say, hey, there is a competition. You should go and compete. You would win. I'm like, no, I can't do that. You know, I can't be in front of people and people are clapping. And I don't know. I can't do that. So one time in November of last year, one of my friends was participating in a contest and his partner didn't show up. So he said, I can't, I don't have anybody else. And if you don't dance with me, then I can't dance. And I felt bad. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'll dance with you. And I was so embarrassed the entire time. And we won second place. So I was like, oh, oh wow. I yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, cool. Isn't it funny sometimes when you get like a situation like that, where you're almost, you're, you're pressured into it a little bit because you want to help your friend out. You don't want to let someone down. You can see that they're struggling and you do the right thing. And although you, it's kind of quite uncomfortable for you and you have to push through it, then, wow, look at that. At the end, you nearly you almost won the whole competition. <laughs> I know. I was thinking if I wasn't as nervous, you know, if I would have danced like I normally danced, I don't know what would have happened because I was in that moment. I was in my head. I was self-conscious the entire time because I was in the middle of the dance run. Everybody's watching. So I was so self-conscious. But hmm. It was an amazing experience to know that people have been telling me and they've been seeing something in me that I couldn't see in myself, mm. right? And that happens all the time. People see something in you and they would see me as a good dancer. Yet when I would look at videos of me dancing, all I did was criticize myself. Oh, my arm wasn't high enough or my leg wasn't straight enough. And that's what I would do as a dancer because I never saw myself as a dancer per se, but more I'm just going out to enjoy dancing because it's my therapy, right? And that's that's what I always told myself. Yeah. Uh, something you said there about, you know, um, not believing in yourself, but someone else believing in you. That's something I've learned recently. First, I didn't, didn't quite get what it meant when I heard it. It was like, sometimes, you know, you're not going to believe in yourself, but let someone else have the have the belief in you and um, and just run with it. Just, just keep going with it. Do you think now that you've got a lot more um, self-confidence that you would consider teaching other people to dance or is it not, not really something that interests you? I am more interested in transforming lives on this avenue. Hmm. So I still don't think that I have what it takes. Well, you've got enough going on as well, right? I mean, Even now. The one podcast you have, but you essentially have, I mean, I know the other one's dubbed kind of a live Facebook show wellness wednesday um mm -hmm. and you work on that you you know you, there's a, there's two hosts on that right sorry i don't i don't know the other ladies name. i don't have it in front of me but yeah tell us more about wellness wednesday so how it happened was i usually don't connect in the mornings to watch gary v <laughs> I, oh I yeah i love gary v he's been watching him for years he's great yeah. Yeah. I would content and i've always followed him but i would yeah. never connect in the morning to the uh, tea with gary v because it was too early for me and I was busy at that time. However, one day I happened to connect. And as I connected, this lady came on her on his podcast, on his show. Yeah. And he was my co-host. And so what she was saying was like uh, something along the lines of how she wanted to impact people's health. And she wanted to know how she could get to more audiences and all these things. So I sent her a message. I said, hey, you know what? I listened to your content and it was really cool. And I just want to tell you that you're amazing. Something like that. Nothing, not, not expecting anything from it. Mm -hmm. And so she got in contact back with me and she's like, hey, we should start a podcast. I'm like, 
Okay. And within a week, I'm telling you, Jake, within a week, we had the podcast, we had the name, we had the first episode, we had everything. So it wasn't like any time to double guess myself or like my, my paradigms to kick in and say, you can't do this. You're not ready. You're not prepared. You don't know what you're doing. It was more like, I gotta, I gotta jump in and do it. Right. Yeah. And so that's what happened. within a week, we started it and we've been doing it now for, I want to say maybe four or five months every wednesday mm, that's brilliant and it doesn't surprise me at all that kind of in, in a full loop there of, of perpetuity you know to two two of the things that gary v talks about a lot is you know just doing the work and that there's no substitute for that and and producing content on scale so it doesn't surprise me that you got in touch with this lady and hey presto you know a week later there you are with a podcast that you work on every week now producing content at scale because you know that's attention is the new currency, as we know. And how do you get that attention? You put content out on mass. So I can see why you've not just got one podcast, but but two. Exactly. Exactly. Is, is the uh, what? Sorry, what was the other lady's name? The other co-host, Dr. Linda Marcus. Dr. Linda Marcus. I was going to say she she a doctor as well. So you've got the perfect combination there. She's a doctor. You're a nurse, but you know you've you've worked as a doctor to some end as well, just without the letters in front of your name. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what do you talk about on that show? I'm sorry. Sorry, I cut across you there. What do you talk about on Wellness Wednesday? Of course, it's wellness, but is it a different topic each week? Or yes. So in that uh, particular podcast or live, we we try to bring different topics that are related to health. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, last Wednesday, yesterday, we talked about gut health and the importance of gut health in overall wellness. And then we talk about exercise, we talk about depression, we talk about uh, thyroid disorders, we talk about importance of diet, we talk about anything that it's health related. And then we've also in some episodes talked about emotions and the impact on emotions for health. So anything that has to do with health, we are game for it and we want to bring more information. But everything that we bring, we try to do in a holistic, natural way. So trying to give people the tools to be able to improve their health with what they have right now. You don't have to wait until tomorrow. You can start today. Hmm. Yeah, start doing the work by yourself, on yourself, right? And I think mm -hmm. um, something, I've got to quiz you on that gut health. It's something I've been trying to learn more about. And I like, I'm, I'm getting this impression that gut health has a lot to do with your mental health and that the two are really strongly connected? They are, they are. Mm. So 90% of serotonin is produced by your gut. Serotonin, wow. is a very, yeah, it's a very important hormone in keeping everybody balanced and happy. But not only that, there is a direct connection that people don't, many people don't know about. There is a direct connection between our gut and our brain. So anything that we're eating directly impacts how we think. And with nowadays, with the type of foods that we're eating, it's not surprising that people can't really think clearly, right? Like not, not having, like having foggy thoughts or just not clear right. enough because what we're eating is directly impacting how we, how we think. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how you think impacts how you feel. So. Yeah, that makes total sense. You explain, explain that in a nice, easy, simple way to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know, uh, Fernanda, you have, like me, you've done the Les Brown, Les Brown Power Voice Summit training, and, um, and you're, you're a great speaker. You've got, you know, I think, a, 
the unique voice and and uh, you know the kind of the Colombian accent and the way that works and plays out when you speak. I think it works really well. Uh, I always enjoy listening to your voice when you speak, and I enjoy your message as well. So perhaps tell us a little bit more about your your message and and when you speak, you know what you like to deliver. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you for that. My my Colombian accent. That's something that kept me from actually from talking for a while too. Really, wow. I was very self conscious about people are not going to understand what I'm saying, and then people do. <laughs> so oh, they do. they do. I I can, and I'm sure anyone else listening can as well. It's a great accent. Great, thank you. So what I what I want to deliver when I'm talking is relating myself, of course, my life experiences and how I came across all of this content because if it transformed my life and I was a non-believer Jake I was like science all the way what I was what I was uh, taught in school was like the only way for me and in the medical conventional nursing school and medical school here in the United States I can't speak for other parts of the world they don't teach you about mindset they don't teach you about mind they don't teach you about thoughts or emotions and they directly impact your entire well-being. So we're living in, in this world where we are stressed all the time. We're living in fear. We're having continuous thoughts going in our minds. And then every single thought that we have has an equal emotion attached to it. Every single thought. And we have about forty to 50,000 thoughts per day. And every thought has an emotion. And every emotion is sending a signal to your body. And every signal, it's going directly to every single cell down to the DNA. So when we're having negative emotions, emotions that are lowering the scale, the vibrational scale, sadness, fear, jealousy, complaining, criticizing, anything like that, then we're sending the same signal. And then over time, day in and day out, these signals cause disease. So people don't see the connection of diabetes. They don't see the connection of high blood pressure, cardiovascular disorders, cancers, early deaths strokes, heart attacks, anything like that with emotions, but they're directly at the, you know, connected to it. And if we were able to see the connection that we have with the thoughts that we have and the emotions that we feel to our health, then we could literally treat and eradicate a lot of these problems from the roots because that's the root of many of the problems that we're seeing today. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point you make, and there's so many. Like the the speaking world is, how can I put this? There's there's a lot of people in the space who talk motivationally and inspire and educate. You know, I know I do myself, but I think you've got a really unique angle there, is pairing that with your knowledge as a nurse, and particularly bringing that to to the modern day where, you know, like you touched on earlier, we do live in a society now where a lot of food isn't always. Uh, well, it's dubbed as fresh, isn't it? But it, we know it's not. It's it's just fast and it's there. And and the stuff that's in it to keep it fresh is is clouds up the brain and, and affects the gut and leads to people not being able to think clearly and properly and make people lethargic and a whole host of things in that regard. So, yeah, I uh, like I say, I really enjoy listening to you speaking. And um, I think you're going to go really far with that and your unique message and it's amazing that um, you've just got started and uh, you've got so much further to go. So, Connor, I'd like to ask you as well, what are your, what are your goals, dreams and aspirations for Positive Blueprints, your your brand? And, and what would you, you know, where do you want to go with it? 
I want to create a global impact on wellness and health for people. I want to bring this message to everybody, universities, schools, um, organizations, big audiences, for people to be aware that how you think it's impacting your health. And so if we're more aware, if we're more self-conscious of every thought that it's going on, and if we're willing to work on ourselves, then we can transform our health. We're not our family history. We're not our past medical history. We can change our lives and we can change our lives today. So I want to bring this message and I will bring this message out to the world to be able to create a global impact and hopefully reduce the, the enormous number of people dying and suffering from diabetes and high blood pressure and cancers and so many conditions that are that are that can be prevented and mm -hmm. it starts within us so everything starts here and of course the life decisions that we make how we eat and how we exercise and everything of course has an impact but everything starts how you think because if you're not if you're thinking in an unhealthy way that you're eating in an unhealthy manner and then you're not moving enough so everything starts in your thoughts yeah as we say thoughts become things yeah exactly so i i will be worldwide you will i love i love you i'm just uh, i'm amazed and inspired by your journey that you came from someone who's who's nervous and shy you know generally that was your your persona just six seven months ago to now you know what your message is you're delivering it at scale uh yeah it's fantastic to see so i commend you on that and um I really think you're going to be going big places. And um, who knows? Maybe we'll even share an actual real stage together someday. I hope we do. Absolutely. I would love that. That would be my, my pleasure and privilege. <laughs> Absolutely mine too. Fernando, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? I already know, and I'm going to drop it in the comments. But, of course, it would be nice to come from you. Wonderful. Uh, they can visit me at www.positiveblueprints.com. And then I also have a book that is free for anybody to download. And this book talks about emotions and thoughts and wellness and health and goal setting. So it's a, it's a very uh, condensed book that is very powerful and can help start uh, transform people's lives starting today where you are with what you have. Nobody's too old. Nobody's too unhealthy for anything that the book says. And this book can be downloaded at www.fernandacastaneda.com. Fantastic. I'm going to download it and read it this afternoon. I've got some free time in between podcasts. So I'm really going to enjoy it. Wonderful. Thank you. Brilliant. Fernanda, it's been fantastic to have you on. Thank you for giving me your time and energy today. Um, what are you going to do with the rest of the day? I actually have a Zoom call that I have to connect right now for Atlanta because I'm talking, I'm speaking live in Atlanta next week. Brilliant. And yeah. So I have a Zoom. And then after that, I have another call that I have to make for another business venture that I'm thinking about, not thinking, that I'm actually going in and resting and spending time with my kids. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you're nice and busy, so I'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate you. Take care. See you, everyone. Bye.